Thank you, Roger. Good morning, church. If you're visiting today, we're glad you're here. If you're a regular member here, we're glad you're here. I agree with Marshall. This is a wonderful place to be today. Let's say this together. Put your name in the blank. My name is Jerry. I am a sinner worthy of death, but I am saved by grace. Praise the Lord. Today I want to look at the last name we have related to God, Yahweh Ra'ah, which is really summed up in the psalm that Roger just read for us. Ra'ah is an alternative spelling of the Hebrew word for shepherd. Yahweh, we learned Yahweh means I am who I am. So Yahweh Ra'am primarily means I am who I am is your shepherd. Also, Ra'ah comes from the Hebrew word, root word meaning to feed. So we'll keep those three ideas together as we look at this last name today. You know, shepherding has always been a part of the world. From the very beginning of time, there were shepherds. In fact, in Genesis, Abel brought fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. So shepherding has been around forever. Shepherds did a lot of things. David said in 1 Samuel 17, speaking to life, I kill the bear, I kill the lion, basically you're next. Shepherds went to a great deal of work to, to uh, protect their sheep. Now, the enemy of Christ, which is our enemy, likes to tell us or likes to remind us or suggest to us that we can neither know God nor can we know what God's will is, what it is that God wants us to do in his kingdom. They do not know the God, the shepherd God. They don't want to know the shepherd God. In fact, those people who are enemies of the cross pray that the shepherd God does not exist. The shepherd boy who became king penned the words that Roger read to us, the Lord is my shepherd. When you think about the words, you hear the words or you read the words, what do they say to you? Do they say, the Lord is David's shepherd? You see, because the intent is that each one of us would understand that Yahweh Ra'ah is our shepherd. The primary meaning of this word is to feed. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending, he was feeding, he was caring, he was nurturing for his, his, with his father's sheep. And when it was learned by Pharaoh that Joseph's family was coming to live in Egypt, he asked Joseph, what is your occupation? And Joseph said, we are, your servants are shepherds. Our father is a shepherd. Our fathers before them were shepherds. The secondary meaning of Ra indicates a relationship between a prince or a ruler and his people. 
you may guess who that would be, right? All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns, and the Lord said to you, You will feed my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. Jeremiah speaks of a very different time in which he lives. Jeremiah, at the, at the destruction of Jerusalem and what takes place with Babylon, he does not, he, he is not even allowed, going to be allowed to die in his own country. Bunch of people are going to take him and run to Egypt. But long before this happened, he tells of a time in which things are going to be different. He, he, he speaks of a God who's intended to shepherd or feed his people because they've stopped doing it. Priests are no longer doing it. The king is no longer interested. The leaders are no longer interested in God. They're only interested in committing adultery, as God puts it, under every high place and under every tree. They will take some Asherah pole or some god and put it under a tree or put it on the, the highest mountain they could find. And they would worship this God. So God said, I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorcement and sent her away because of her adulteries. How far away? Israel never came back. The ten tribes of Israel, the last, we, the last we're told in Kings is, and they're still in exile to this day. Well, surely that must have meant that the tribe of Judah would learn from the mistakes of Israel. In spite of this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, only in pretense. So this shepherd God promises there's going to be something very different. I will give you shepherds, some translations say pastors, after my own heart. Boy, what a difference that makes. What a difference that would have made in Israel. What a difference that makes in our world today. How will they be different? He said, they will lead you with knowledge and with understanding. They will make every effort to help you understand what it is that God wants of you, unlike the others who didn't care about anything but themselves. They are going to make an effort, these ones in the future, to help you understand what it is God has planned for you. Our shepherds in their most recent meeting, they are concerned about the feeding of the flock. It comes up quite often. There is a concern as shepherds of this group of people that this flock needs to be fed. And how can we how can we make sure that they're all fed? They struggle with sheep that won't come when it's feeding time. 
there are two-legged sheep who can't be led to the pasture. What do you do when sheep don't respond? Well, our, our shepherds will try to call, but sometimes the sheep won't answer. Our shepherds will text, and the text is, is ignored. Our shepherds will write a card. And they struggle with sheep who don't respond to feeding. Did we just die up there? There we go. Two-legged sheep that don't feed on the word of God feed on something. If people are not putting their time into God and his word, then something is changing. As I was thinking about this point, I thought about how different it would have been in the first century. Can you... You, you, you and I know what it is to hold this in our hand. And we can, we can turn in any spot and read at any moment what we want to read. But in the first century, a number of people were illiterate. How did they learn? How did they learn what it was that they should tell and speak? They listened to other people who could read from the Word of God and they memorized it. There were no printing presses until 500 years ago. You and I are indeed blessed to be able to pick up a Bible and open that Bible and to feed on the Word of God. People that don't feed die. Physically, they will die. If we don't feed and nurture our spiritual man, that person will become sick, anemic, even to the point of death. How many times do you have an opportunity to pick up the Bible in the week? And read. Church is absolutely awesome, and we, I, I, I can take it for granted just as much as anyone else. The more I study, the more I'm pretty sure that this <clears throat> shepherd God is all about taking care of the needs of the sheep. And of course, in all of the gods, we would have to find this one, would we not? The translation of Ra'ah is compared to, a, one translation is a, a companion or a friend. That's what this God wants to be. He wants to share your life. Jesus, our great shepherd, wants us to have the closest relationship possible to him. I missed the scripture back here somewhere. Got to go back and get it. Still talking about shepherding. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders. Submit to their authority. 
They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Our shepherds know they're accountable. But they don't just live in fear of God. They want sheep to be nourished and flourish. Obey them so their work will be a, say it together with me, church, joy. One more time, joy. Not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. You see, when I don't, when, when I, I make it so that a shepherd has to run after me, and they have, when I make it where a shepherd has to do certain things with me, it's not an advantage to me. I want them to, to be concerned about my spiritual person inside. When the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. That's true. As long as I'm willing to obey and to submit. At the end of time, if, if Jesus comes and stands before the shepherd and he says, yes, you did everything possible in your power to help this sheep, to nourish them, to bind up their wounds, to encourage them, and they rejected you, I will take it from here. can be used in regard to poor judgment. Ephraim is another way, another way for saying Israel. Ephraim feeds on the wind. He pursues the east wind all day and multiplies lies and violence. Sheep will feed on something. We will feed on something. A translation of ra'ah, a companion, a friend, expresses this idea of closeness. Jesus our shepherd wants this relationship with us. Listen to this. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Church, we didn't receive a spirit that makes us a slave to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I knew I was going to read that too fast, so I put it back in there. We're heirs. Heirs with God, joint heirs with Christ. Does that say anything? I love when God <clears throat> says to Moses, the Lord will speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Does that God appeal to you? You remember what the word for Lord is here when it says the Lord speaks to, you know, Moses like he speaks to a man. The word is Yahweh. I've always been around I'm omnipotent, I'm all-powerful, I'm all-knowing, I'm not going anywhere, God. I've always been, you don't understand it, but I've always been and I always will be. And that's the one who wants to feed us. 
Does that sound like a God who can't or keeping stuff from you? Keeping you from knowing who he is? Keeping you from finding out what his will is? And by the way, church, this is in that cold Old Testament. I hate when people say that because it's not true. There were some things external, but they were intended to be internal. And so a God over there is saying, you know, you can have a relationship with me. I want this. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is the raw relationship that God desires. Others may scatter. People will run. <clears throat> not Jesus. He's not going anywhere. He's not moving one inch. See the sovereign Lord. Listen to this closely. This is from Isaiah. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and gently leads those who have young. Let's read it again. See, Yahweh Adonai comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends, he shepherds, he cares for his flock like a what? Like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them to his, close to his heart, and he gently leads those who have young. It's no wonder that the Old Testament concept of Jesus as a shepherd is carried right to the new. That's who he always was. This verse speaks of tenderness and strength. We need both. I was never in the army. I was in college as the war was winding down in Vietnam. They didn't ask me to come and I didn't volunteer. So when I got to Hawaii, and uh, Kaneohe, uh, the Marine base was over there, that's the closest I'd ever been to military. And I'll tell you, it, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing to walk into the congregation of people on Sunday and you'd see these guys, Joel, just hugging and loving on one another and just, you know, slapping each other's back and talking. And all of a sudden, they got in the car and they drew through that gate. And it was like somebody shocked them. They just, man, they're all business now. And we said, you know, if I need somebody to watch my back, I'll take one of you. Ra'ah has strengths. All the strength needed, but he has the tenderness that makes that strength powerful. By the way, how do you tell the difference between a real shepherd and a fake one? Look at his qualities. A true shepherd will seek what is lost. Our shepherds here, when they meet, they talk about the people that they've chosen or they've been chosen to shepherd. They're concerned when 
sheep aren't here. A true shepherd will bring that which was driven away, will bind up the broken, will strengthen the weak, will drive away the evil. I love the scripture. God said, I will consecrate the tent of meeting in the altar. I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites as their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of Egypt so that I may dwell among them. I am Yahweh their God. was a little tabernacle built. Total length, the square of the tabernacle was 30 by 15. The little piece in the back of that that was 15 by 15 by 15 represented by that blue circle. And this is where God dwelled, tabernacled among his people of Israel. God wanted to be in the middle of his people. He wanted a connection. It was pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. God said, you can always know that I'm present and among you. The word that's used there that's translated dwell is shakan, which means to dwell or permanently stay. Can you imagine God coming to Shakan permanently in you? That wasn't really a rhetorical question, but I didn't expect you to answer. I hope it's more than an imagination. It must be. Dear children, are, <clears throat> you dear children are from God. And you've overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God lives in you? I am looking at temples of God. You see, this is the relationship he wanted. The tent was just an advertisement. You have the glory of God living in you. When you look at yourself, do you see that glory? I'm not talking about the part that you look in the mirror. You may, you know, I can't do anything with that. That's my case. But I'm talking about when you look in the mirror spiritually, you look in that mirror, do you see the glory of God in you? If not, maybe you're looking at the wrong image. The shepherding wants to, wants to reveal himself through you. It's, it's not that just he wants to live in you. Yahweh wants to dwell in you and to be seen through you. He's not defeated. I realize we all get discouraged at moments of time when we have to, you know, take a look inside God's word. Remind ourselves of 
faith and faithfulness. It'll take you some time. I mean, you're going to have to stop and take the time. But if you do, you will find not only is Jesus appealing, he is absolutely irresistible. Now, if you don't open your book, you'll never know that. If you don't read and study and feed, you'll never know that. But when you feed, you come to know that Jesus is what you were scratching and looking for before you found him. When you finally get a clear picture of Jesus, you'll know that he's what it is that can fill that empty spot in your soul. You say, well, not, oh, Jerry, everybody doesn't do it. No, because not everybody's looking. When I go to Wendy's and I order a triple Baconator, it's because I'm looking for the Baconator. You have to be looking for the Christ. A lot of people won't look, but church, there are people in, 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 in sight of us and around us that live near us that we cross. I know it and I pray, God, please help me to see them. But they are looking and they can see him through us. You must believe that. Jesus said, when I, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus said, when I'm, I'm lifted up on the cross, and I give my life this way, I will draw people to me. Even the man standing at the cross, the Roman soldier said, surely this was the Son of God. Jesus was real flesh and blood. That's all Jesus came to do. We, we're concerned about our health, church. We're concerned about each other's health, and we pray about it, and God cares. But God came to save our soul and the souls of people around us. He left about a dozen men. <laughs> he trained for three years to seek the loss. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? The word agape means, do you love me regardless? Will you lo always love me? Do you agape me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I am fond of you. He uses the word phileo there. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said to Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He answered, yes, dear Lord. I am really genuinely fond of you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you, are, are you really just fond of me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I am fond of of you. Peter's just denied him three times. He's not going to 
do it again. Notice, I want you to notice what he said each time. First time he says, feed my lamb. The second time, take care of my sheep. The third time says, feed my sheep. You know, there's all kinds of sheep. If you want to talk about somebody who knows about this, Larry, Larry knows it. But I'm going to tell him my experience. I, I just had one or two. I just had one or two sheep. I was this great big two sheep shepherd. But I remember getting in a bus and going out somewhere, and we would look at these, you know, these big herds of sheep, and, and they had some in the barn, and we were there, and one of them was, he was smelly. I, I don't know what it was. And he was over there, and I was over here. And it, <laughs> this is God's truth. That shepherd in a little while came over and picked up that very sheep and almost kissed him on the nose. You see, shepherd loves sheep. All kinds of sheep. That man was a real shepherd. Did Peter understand everything that happened on that day? No. He didn't understand a fraction. But I want to tell you, Jesus laid the groundwork. But nothing is going to change until Pentecost. And when Pentecost comes... The Holy Spirit is going to blow the doors off of everything around. It is going to rip open things until they are raw to the core. And people are going to see Jesus the Christ crucified as Lord and Christ. Risen from the dead at the right hand of God. What is it to know Yahweh Ra'ah? It's everything. It's everything. It's power and majesty and might and magnificence. It's gentleness and comfort and caring and holding and helping. Then you can say with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you want that? Does it sound good to you? You need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus was there in the Old Testament. We talked about it. You probably weren't here when we looked at the word Elohim. They're all there. They're interconnected. They all run together. Yet at moments we see this massive God of Yahweh and then we'll see Adonai and we'll see El Shaddai and we'll see all these gods in their magnificence. What is God doing? He is letting me understand that everything I need is in him. If you're not in a relationship with Jesus... If you know 
what you need to do. Step out the aisle. I'll meet you. If you if you don't know, if you don't know, I'm not sure how to say this. There seems to be a challenge in our world today. People are not sure if they're saved or lost, but there doesn't seem to be an urgency. An urgency to understand what it means to be lost and what it means to be saved. There's an urgency. I don't know when Jesus comes. I don't know when I will die, but I need to be ready for him. And I need a relationship with him. If we can serve you, let us know while we stand and sing.